With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a breaking bulletin. This is bantering the blue shirts off the post, where I, Joe Fortunato, read questions to Michael Merkel Murphy, Mips, who answers the questions. Sort of. He doesn't really know the answers. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's he, Mike. Is he doesn't know? Okay. Have you ever seen so, Cowboys and Aliens starring Daniel Craig? I have not. That's the one where the aliens come and the cowboys are trying to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> like back in the, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, I've seen the trailer for it back when they thought that movie was apparently going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, that did not go over well, obviously. So anyway, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Off the Post, where we answer your questions about the New York Rangers. The post-draft. The post-draft. This draft is so post, it may as well be on the post. So... Fucking terrible. You're fucking terrible. Uh, Question number one, Michael. You ready? Tim Halad. Any tangible evidence that the Rangers will pass altogether on discussions with Panarin and his camp, or people simply overreacting to the news of him being in Florida for this week and not yet planning a visit in New York? Thanks for all the work you do. Go ahead, Michael. Lead us off. You're welcome. Um, I don't think the Rangers... You're welcome, Tim. Even if there's nothing but scuttlebutt and and smoke that it's likely Panarin goes to Florida, the Rangers are going to do their due diligence. Like, they're not going to not pursue it. You know, they're going to talk to him. They might even sit him down and say, all right, well, what did Florida offer you? What can we offer you that Florida didn't? And, you know, they can put together a fun PowerPoint presentation about what life is like uh, you know, in New York City that you might not get, you know, uh, you know, further away from Miami than most people realize um, in Sunrise, Florida. So that might be part of what will go on. I really don't think the Rangers are just going to be like, oh, ah, shucks, we didn't, he seems to like Florida. You know, the Rangers, if, if we know anything, when they uh, target someone, they go after him, and it's very rare they get outbid. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, the, Mike and I were kind of talk. We alluded to this on the last show. If you would have asked us what the chances are that Panarin was going to sign with the Rangers, I would have told you it was pretty good a couple of months ago. Uh, don't really feel that way right now, actually. I, I don't. Uh, the 
there seems to be so much more smoke when it comes to Florida, and a lot of people are wondering whether or not. 60 40 Florida. Right? Yeah, just the people are saying, hey, you know what? Like, we don't know if. Uh, we don't know. Maybe Florida's only going to go after Bob because they don't have that much money, but they're obviously going after both of them, and uh, who knows? Who knows? So. Do I think the Rangers are going to do their diligence one way or another? If Panarin blows them off, that's on Panarin. I doubt it, but maybe he can. The window's open now, isn't it? Yeah, if Panarin. Yeah. So he can agree Panarin to terms. Is, it just can't be officially signed until seven one. Yeah. If Panarin, the only reason they wouldn't talk to him is is if Panarin said something along the lines of, "No, I already found my offer. Uh, I'm going to go to Florida," and then maybe. The Rangers say, well, all right, well, if that's the case, we're not going to waste any more time, resources, and energy. We're going to figure out what we want to do. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to go about it. I think that's a, a fair thing to say. Anthony McHale, would we have a realistic chance at Gusev? How much would he cost? That is an interesting one. Tom just wrote a piece about he did. Gusev. And this, I actually, I, so I kind of, I brought this up because of what Tom said in that article, which is basically that the the Rangers, if Larry Brooks wrote an article today about the fact that Kreider is worth it and Panarin isn't, basically, from what I can gather, that if you're going to choose between one or the other, he takes Kreider, which is fine. Um, I don't agree with that, but it's fine. Whatever. He wants to do that. He could do whatever he wants. Um, w- the Golden Knights are going to re-sign um, William Carlson to an eight-year deal for, I think, $5.9 million, I saw. I think that's right, yeah. It's so right now, in 2019-2020, the amount of cap space that they have is roughly a million dollars. Actually, I'm sorry, they have zero. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about them moving Max Pacioretty. Um, uh, Who they just signed. It's a, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They just So here's what happens. You, you have all these contracts, right? The Mark Stone contract is enormous. Pacioretty is four years for $7 million, which again, they just signed. Where this becomes an issue is they need to sign Gusev. He is a restricted free agent. There is not enough money to go around for them to take care of that. There just isn't. So what happens? If he's able to be had and the Rangers could shift off... You know, I don't know. What would fair value be for Gusev? It's tough. He led the KHL in scoring last season. But he's done nothing in the NHL. It's true. But uh, So are you talking about a, a, a deal where, like, Howden is the return, the center of the return? Yeah, it's, it's tricky because this is a guy, he's, he's 26, but he'll be 27 on July 8th. So, you know, you look at what he's been able to do in the KHL and... You know, he had 82 points in 62 games last season, which is just a monster, monster year. And then shit all over the World Championship. 16 points in 10 games. Yeah, he was just a monster there. Um, He was also a monster in the KHL playoffs. He had 19 points in 18 games uh, for SKA. So, but the thing is, like, he's been this player for at least three years. Like, he kind of hit his stride. Um, He jumped up from 35 points in 33 games. So, still a really productive player. Um, you know, uh, you know, or no, that was, I'm sorry. That was, it was in 2015, 16, where he kind of hit his stride. I keep forgetting that he split that one year, um, and ended up on SKA. And really since then he's been, he's just been a goddamn beast. Like this is a guy who, you know, we know the KHL is what it is. It's, 
it's the league below the NHL in terms of its talent level and its competitive level. And so having a guy who leads that league in scoring is in the prime of his career. Uh, he's another right-handed shot, which is something the Rangers should be very interested in. Like there's a lot of Tom does a great job looking at what Gusev could represent and why he could be a very good alternative uh, to getting Panarin, especially because you know Vegas might really, really want to take a guy like Howden who's on an ELC, right? Because they need to fit guys in under their cap and they need bodies. Like they need bodies in a big bad way because they chose to give. Mark Stone, understandably, after what they gave up for him, but they gave Mark Stone $9.5 million, uh, you know, for seven years, Joe. So, you know, they have... The, he, he has to be had, and, and again, what kind of a contract are you looking at for a guy who's never played a game in the, the NHL? Are you looking at a $5 million cap hit? Are you looking at an $8 million cap hit? I, I think you're looking at something... Oof, I wonder if $5 million isn't the number. And then would you take the risk on that instead of Panarin if you had the option at both of them? It's not an easy question. No, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember what Shipachev got? Um, I think he was much lower. I think he was yeah, like three-something. He was he was past 30. Uh, oh, yeah, he was, a, he was a 5 million AAV. Or no, 4.5 AAV. Um, when Vegas signed him, um, he was remember he was supposed to be like their top line center before everything went crazy, and he only played there, uh, I think, for three games with Vegas, and then he went back to the KHL. So, you know, you think about guys who've been successful um, in the KHL without any NHL experience and making the transition. It does happen, um, and Gusev is a legitimate top six forward, and. There's no chance he'll be as expensive as Panarin, but unlike Panarin, you do have to give something up to get him. And the question is, what is that? Is a Brett Howden worth it? Um, you know, what what is worth it to, to make that deal work? Uh, I think this is a really intriguing path to take. I'm very interested to see how the pieces fall and, and what happens here. And I feel like we're going to get a better idea uh, of what will happen, you know, once we get a clearer picture on what happens with Panarin in Florida. But... I'm not opposed to this. Like, this is a guy who the Rangers could definitely look at. But the other question is maybe do you like Nikita Gusev or do you like Chris Kreider? That's like the other part of this, right? And, but but again, if you're if you're going to go down that road and you're going to take those risks, yeah, Gusev feels like the risk to take, doesn't it? Even if you put Gusev on the, because if you put Gusev on the table for say a five year, thirty million dollar contract, okay, let's just let's just throw those numbers out there. Ooh, Six million a year versus a seven-year, $11 million contract, which is, I think, on the high end for Gusev and the low end for Panarin. Mm. I still think Gusev is, is, you know Panarin is a star in the NHL, but you're saving $5.5 million a year, and you're getting somebody who you can take an educated guess will be a similar star in the NHL. Just based, star, I think that's a stretch. Just based off of, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Panarin, but what's the difference in KHL production between Panarin and Gusev? I don't know. I'd have to look at when they came over. Well, be prepared for these types of questions, Michael. You don't let me look at the questions. It's your own. There, well, I, I just asked this question. So, how does that make you feel? You're over there with your goddamn words. I'll tell you right now because I'm a better podcaster than you are. <laughs> I'll answer the question. Damn words. Um. Gusev had more production in the KHL than Panarin did. 
Not by much, but he Panarin did. Panarin was a little baby boy, though. Mm, I don't think that's true. Panarin was 0. 0.7 points per game. Gusev is 0. 0.88. Gusev is 26 this year. Panarin jumped over to the NHL at, what, 25 then? Yeah. So... Look, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as, good as Panarin, but is he going to be $5.5 million worse than Panarin? Yeah, Probably I, not. I see what you're saying there, yeah. So if if you're talking about from a, an efficiency standpoint, Gusev does seem like he's the answer. But you are getting a sure thing in Panarin. So that is an interesting, that's a very interesting question, and it's one that the Rangers are going to, uh, it's very interesting that the Rangers are going to have to, well, who knows if they're even going to be involved to make that decision. Kevin Mead, Kekko, Kravstov, Truba, Fox, just Yorkin. In a normal offseason, I would be thrilled if even one of these players joined the Rangers. I'm putting my own inflection on this. But there are five of them at least. So is this the most exciting offseason you've seen since you've been a Rangers fan? It's got to be up there. It's been a great... Has there been a better two-month stretch of off-ice New York Rangers hockey? It's just like for a team that didn't make the playoffs, when the second pick in the lottery, all that fun, the trades we've seen so far, the buzz about what might happen in free agency, it's been a really fun and kind of edge of your seat couple of months for no hockey actually happening on the ice. So I'd say it's pretty goddamn great with all the guys they've been able to bring over and you know the way the draft went and all things considered it's it's pretty fun and the other thing is like there are of course these big question marks right uh you know what happens next what happens with the buyouts what happens with free agency and panarin but like that all just adds to the intrigue and and the excitement level of all this stuff like we just don't know but what we do know is what we've seen so far has been really fun and encouraging so I like it. It's been fun. It definitely is, definitely has kind of kept us, you know, buzzing for. I mean, doing the podcast and everything. It feels like every show we last off season uh, we were kind of searching for things to talk about. It's not the case anymore. There's always something to talk about every week we do it. Because we're amazing podcasters. We haven't even like we haven't even really sat down to break down what Adam Fox means. No, we haven't had time to do any of this. Yeah, we haven't had time to like really be like, well, what sort of deal do you want to see Jacob Truba? All we've really done is like talk about what the you know contract rejections would be, and we haven't considered things like, well, well, geez, what the hell, you know, what the hell's going to happen? You know, we didn't even talk about the fact that uh, on the flagship, the show we recorded before this one, that the Rangers didn't qualify Freddie Clayson and you know Halverson and uh, and and Chris Begris. So like. There's just it's so hard to keep on top of everything because things are just moving at such a high clip. Clips are high, very high. My clips are high. This is a great question that's about to come up from Timeless Man O Four. Cannot be measured by time. What do you think the Rangers could sell to Panarin that the Panther Panthers can't that could make him come our way? So. The obvious answers are New York, playing for an original six team, Madison Square Garden, a rabid fan base. Um, what I think a lot of people don't understand, and I'm not saying that Panarin is this, but he might be, those are negatives in some aspects. 
some players don't want the pressure and the limelight and Panarin can probably play for the Florida Panthers and not be bothered when he's eating dinner 90% of the time, go out and go to the beach every other day if you wanted to, enjoy the warm weather. There's a shitload of things that Florida offers if you're interested in that. If you don't want the bright lights, if you don't want the, the ravenous media, if you don't want a fan base that will boo you in the playoffs. He played in Chicago, loved it. There's obviously like he knows what that's like, but this he might not want New York. It's totally possible. And he said often he wants a warmer area and he wants to be on the coast. And sure, Sunrise is far away from where the Panthers play, but it's... That might be what he wants. You know what I would sell to him? Shawarma? No, I would say to him, you know a lot of what you're going to get into in Florida. Like, you know Quinville, you know Dadnoff, you know that situation. New York represents a challenge for him. Like, a, a way to test himself, a way to really prove that he is an elite superstar. You come to the Rangers, they need you in a big desperate way and you'd be on you know it's the most it's the wealthiest team in the nhl it has the most money i would think you know i would say it's safe to say that toronto is under a bigger spotlight you know 24 7 than new york but like if you want to prove yourself and if you want to be on a team that is known across the planet like do people care about the florida panthers Will they care about the Florida Panthers before Panarin signs there in Russia as opposed to, you know, will they care about, you know, when his family and friends back home hear that he's playing for the Rangers? How, what will that mean? You know what I mean? As opposed to the Panthers. There's something to, to be sold there. Like, this is a challenge. This is unique. You don't have a lot of knowns coming into the Rangers. And it's the big city. It's the big stage. It's Madison Square Garden. Like, this is where you can really prove yourself as the player that you know you are. And in Florida, it's a little more familiarity. It's Coach Q, it's Dadnov. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of opportunity for him to just kind of... It would be hard... The thing is tricky for me is, like, it would be hard for him to fail in Florida because they have Barkov and Trocek and Huberdo. Like, he would just fit in really well there. And he would help that team in a big way. And, like, that has to be appealing to him, especially because he, he'll be playing for a coach that he won the Calder under, you know. So I think you have to sell to him, like, look, if, if you want to test yourself, if you want to prove yourself, if you want to say, I am worth this money, and then go out and prove it, New York is the market to do it, I think. That's the sales pitch? I don't know. That's what I would I would start with that. I yeah, I, I think my sales pitch to Panarin is... I think there are very few teams who are as poised for success as the Rangers are right now. And I I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think the Rangers have a very, very good core. I think they have an unbelievable prospect in Kako. They have one of the deeper farm systems in the league, especially after this draft. Um, you could dangle the, a C in front of them, too. In York, you could, but, but here's... And this was an argument that I thought the Knicks really should have made to LeBron James when they were going after him all those years ago. If you win in New York, you are immortal. Mark Messier, Adam Graves, Brian Leach, Mike Richter, 
we will be talking about them until we die. Yeah. So if you win in New- if that is what you want, if you- there's a lot of shit that comes with playing in New York. There's a lot of shit that comes with playing at Madison Square Garden. Rangers fans can be unbelievable on both ends of the spectrum. There are a million different things that might make you want to go outside and choke the nearest Ranger fan or give him a hug. I'm not saying that's not true. But I am telling you this. When we love, we love with our whole heart. You can be immortal if you win in New York. That's what you want. And if you don't want it and it's not worth it and you want the off-ice stuff, I'm not someone who's going to sit here and tell you that he's an idiot if he goes in that direction. He is well within his rights to do what he thinks is best for him and his family. Truba just did and it benefited the Rangers. So you can't bitch and moan if it doesn't. If it goes the other way, then it is what it is. But I don't, that's, that is what it is. Top to bottom. That is my answer. You want to be immortal? Be immortal. Shesty. Where do you rank the Rangers prospect system now after the draft? Oh, we were just talking about that. Um, Is top five too high? Uh, I'm not really great at this because I don't know enough about other teams' prospects. I would say easily top 10. That has to be fair. I think it's a lock for top 10. Like, Capo Caco is insane. But is he even a prospect? He hasn't played a game yet, baby. Uh, Well, I guess. But, like, would you classify him as a prospect? Well, do we classify Philip Heedle and Adam Fox's prospects? Mm, I think you do. I, you know, so Fox, I would Heedle, I wouldn't because he's graduated. He's in the you NHL. Call Fox a prospect and Kako not a prospect. So here is I do. I was I was about to differentiate Michael, you son of a bitch. But I guess you're right because I would say Kako's not going to play a game not for the Rangers. I want to drag you out to the desert. So, fine. If we're including Kako, I would say the Rangers. Rangers have to be top five if you're including Kako. Kako, Fox. I mean, Chesterkin. Kravstov. Kravstov. Philip Heedle. I mean, Uh, you can't can't really include Heedle. Yeah, okay. Miller, Lundquist. There's Andre Miller, Lundquist. There's Matthew Robertson now. There's. Yeah. Carl Hendrickson, I like it. There's a lot to like. It's awesome. That's our answer. We just got into a fight about something. In the top seven. Comfortably top ten. I'll say top. Seven. Very comfortably. I'll say top six. Ooh. Larry D'Antonio. On which line can you see Kako and Kravstov playing on? So didn't JD say something, or did someone say something about Zabana? Oh, Quinn said something about playing Zabanajad with Kako. Yeah, and we all got like the just the the, the just tingles. tingles, yeah, happy tingles, the happy ting- happy tingles. I, I Zip speaks a little bit of Finnish, and they could talk to each other. I don't know. Is is Kako is do Kako and Kravstov even really would they mesh together? The style of play. Kravstov know, needs the puck I on his stick. Can't wait to find out. That's yeah, it's okay. just. Oh God, it's I think it makes sense to split it up because a having like an all baby line, I think, does come with its perils. Um, and I f- feel like having guys around them who can help them. And the problem is, it's hard to say what line they'll be on because we don't we have no fucking idea what the top six is going to look like. Because we don't know if Kreider's here, we don't know if Panarin's here. Like we don't even know if Vlad Nemestikov's going to be here. Like we just don't know. There's so many unknowns. All we do know is that we're going to have a lot of kids in the lineup, and that's awesome. That's what we want. 
I just I, I have to wonder whether or not the Rangers are just going to I can't imagine Kako starts anywhere other than the top 6. Just a guess. I'd be very surprised. No way, no way you agree with me or no, no, no way. way he'll start he won't be a third line. Yeah, player. he's not going to be a third line player. So you're you're going to get a good look on him. He beat people at the World Championships like The World Fucking championships. Naked men. As an 18-year-old. Look like boys. Men looking like little boys. M. Delessio, 22. Am I crazy for wanting to pass on Panarin? Trade Kreider for picks slash prospects. Let the kids play this year and then load up for a 2021 run. You're not crazy, especially because of what we know about the 2020 draft. Yeah, well, and you're also not crazy in that. It, it, here's what I'll say. Should the Rangers go out and take a lesser offer for Crowder just to get picks and prospects? Probably not. Um, should the Rangers intentionally pass on Panarin? Not right away. If he wants $12 million a year, then yes, you know, obviously. You, you know, then you want to have that discussion fine. But it is amazing how we were talking last year, last summer, about Panarin for $12 million. Fucking do it. Let's go. We'll do whatever you want. And now the Rangers have Kako, and it's like, well, let's think a little bit about what we're going to do. And, and Truba changes that as well. Because, because you got your... Uh, but You got your fucking man. We've been talking about... You got your big sex and man. This team has needed that elite... Blonde-haired man. And we talked about the, the last time they had that elite forward was Yager, right? And you and I talked about this. I feel like we... We got to the bottom of something in this discussion. Like you need that guy who can just be like, "Yeah, I'll carry the team this game," and Panarin would have been that guy. You got Capocacco. He's going to become that guy. It's lovely to have two of those guys, right? But I think you have to be very mindful of what the bidding war is going to be for Panarin, and very mind, very mindful about how the rest of the pieces around him are going to fall. Because like, look at the situation like the Golden Knights are in, where they just don't have any. Capron, look at what Toronto had to do with the Patrick Marlowe contract. Like, you you don't want to be that team. You don't want to be the team that, you know, like, Toronto, the crazy thing about Toronto to me, Joe, not to go off on a, a brief tangent here, but so much of their core is our babies. They're guys in the first three years of the league, and they're having to make all these tough decisions because they want to keep these guys. The Rangers do not want to find themselves in a similar position with Capo Caco. The good news is, they have a much clearer path in terms of who's going to be here. I mean, it's crazy to think, but after this upcoming season, there's only two years left on Mika Zibanejad's contract. And after him, like the only guy who's signed is Brady Shea. <laughs> like Brady Shea is the the Ranger with the longest contract on the books right now. He's signed to 2023, 2024. Almost everyone else comes off the books after 21-22 season. So... Like Shattenkirk, Stahl, Brennan Smith, those guys all come off the books. Um, Henrik Lundqvist, obviously, and Zabinajad. So, like, the path is clear. It's a lot more clear than it became, like, for the logjam that's happening in, in Toronto with their contracts and, you know, what they have to end up doing with Mitch Marner and how how things soured with the negotiations with William Nylander. But, uh, yeah, man, I it is something to consider, but I, I'm not too worried. Like, I feel like... I understand the just don't go for don't go for Panarin because we got Capo Caco, but you have to talk to Panarin. You have to, but there's no wrong answer. You either get Panarin or you don't, and if you don't, you just stay status quo, and then yeah, it is what it is. I feel like that's closer to the truth here. Is there's no wrong answer? It's just that there's 
there's a fork in the road here, right? There's the future with Panarin, the future without Panarin. And the fact that you got the second overall pick and got a player of Kako's caliber makes the road without Panarin far more attractive than it was if the Rangers had not won the lottery. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It just, it makes it, you know, but of course that all just came down to a ping pong ball and luck. Um, a ping pong ball. Brandon Gaynor. What are the chances you think the Rangers just offer sheet Gusev instead of taking on a contract with him? Um, based on the compensation, the Rangers can only offer a four first round pick contract, which they wouldn't do for Gusev. So the chances of them offer sheeting him are, are nil. But even assuming they could, like that's not the case. You're going to give up a first, second, and a third for a guy that Vegas like desperately needs to get rid of, potentially, for cap reasons. I'm sure they don't want to, but yeah, I mean, you could certainly kind of put your pedal to the metal and force them to make a decision, but uh, I don't know. This doesn't. This feels like a trade and sign situation more than an offer sheet situation. Yeah, and I will say, I mentioned this on a previous show, but on the 31 Thoughts pod, they talked about how the Rangers not having their second uh, for something like an offer sheet isn't much of an obstacle because it's it's not impossible for teams to negotiate a trade and the Rangers to find a way to get you know something back you know get that pick back from Carolina but you know that's that is a whole other you know thing now looking at the offer sheet in principle I don't know like is that more likely than a trade it's hard to say but we do know that NHL teams are inquiring about Gusev so I'd imagine. You know, the Rangers might prefer to do the trade route first and then consider the offer sheet only because the offer sheet means they'd have to get involved with a trade with Carolina again. And, you know, you have just it's just more steps to the process, right? It also adds a level of uncertainty because especially next year with what the draft is going to be, you want to control your own fate. You want to control your own draft picks. And even if you're getting Gusev, like, who knows? The Rangers may not be a great hockey team next year. So we have no idea. what You don't know. You want, you want to have that safety net. I don't think offer sheets are the way to go in general, but yeah, that's just, that's kind of where I am at this. J, just the letter J. Bad contract aside, Patrick Marleau was signed by the Leafs two summers ago to guide the young talent they had. Do you think the Rangers would look for something similar, say, from Pavelski or Thornton? I will respond to your question, Jay, with another question, or really statement. Look at what the Leafs just had to give up to get rid of Marleau. It does not work to bring a guy like Pavelski or Thornton. Now, Thornton's a little bit different because I guess you could sign him to a one-year deal. If you do it, it better be a one-year deal. But Pavelski's going to need three or four million dollars, or three or four years. Yeah, Pavelski... You're going to hate that contract. Yeah. And I love Joe Pavelski. So do I. He's just on the wrong side of 30. Um, by a lot. <laughs> so, by a and lot, And like lot. you said, he's not a guy who's going to settle for... A one-year huge contract where you just say, "All right, Joe, play for New York for one million, yeah, you know, one year at ten million or one something. trillion dollars." 
I don't think that's what he wants. I think he wants security at the stage of his career, and he also probably wants to win a Stanley Cup, and I don't think he's going to do that on a one-year deal in New York. Yeah, probably not. Anthony Astorino, love the podcast, guys. Thank you, Anthony. My question is, do you think Kreider and VC will be held off until the trade deadline for a chance to upgrade their value over the year? I know they will be dealt, but not sure when they will be dealt to another team. So, it's a... and it's very timely because right now it is very timely. I mean, there's the focus right now is with Panarin, I think, but where the pieces fall with Kreider and VC. VC could be a consolation prize to a stupid team. Could be, especially Buffalo, which tends to be a stupid team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if waiting until the trade deadline makes sense for Kreider because he's going to have more suitors right now and then you're trading him basically as a pure rental. Right now, you could at least have a conversation with teams and let Kreider explore extensions and then go about things that way if you wanted to, which is fine. Um, I think Kreider has more value now. I think VC is going to have similar value now or at the deadline. You want to trade him at the deadline, fine, but the point of getting rid of VC is to save cap space and to keep room for the young guns yeah. that are coming clear up, in. Clear up a roster spot in a role. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my bet on that, if we're being honest. Um, gray market. Why didn't we focus on targeting forwards in this year's draft? Best player available matters, but positional value does as well. Moreover, we already have all the D prospects we can handle. Granted, the AHL needs players, but we are awfully thin at forwards, which are more valuable. Um, that last bit is up for debate potentially but that said i think the ring we kind of talked about this a lot on the flagship but the rangers the defensemen that they brought in were outside of skinner were valuable defensemen and the rangers did go for high skill forwards and they got kako so that's an immediate impact on the team that you're not usually getting from a draft how many drafts get a player that joins right away. So the Rangers have that forward in their back pocket. They have Kravstov coming in. You're getting another year of Anderson, Howden, and Heedle. You do have Buchnevich. You have Kreider right now. There's plenty of young players on this team. I don't think the concern was position as much as it was best player available. I also think people might overlook Morgan Barron and how much he's kind of defied expectations in a great way I don't think that's the reason this happened I think the Rangers are considering the rebuild and most teams I think when they're thinking about the rebuild say we want to rebuild from the blue line up Um, and it makes a lot of sense to do it that way given what you know defensemen can cost and what it costs to bring them in and few teams have had to go through that headache like the Rangers have just think of all the solutions they tried to find over the years Brian McCabe's, the Sandus Ozelinches, the Wade Reddens, you know, the Tom Pote, like the list goes on and on and on, trying to find, you know, essentially a guy to replace what Brian Leach did, right? And stocking up on prospects on the blue line is not a bad thing. I just think, I, I think the question is like, why didn't, isn't it a little more spread out? But they got Capo Caco. And they got another forward in the second round. They took their first D in the second and their second in the third. So, you know, in the first two rounds, they split it two and two. It's not that bad. You know what I mean? I think maybe given how 
D-heavy last year's draft was it definitely influences this, right? Because it was. But think about the D they did get, like especially Miller and, and Lundquist. Like nothing. There's nothing to say about that other than to, to be excited, in my opinion. That was just. It was just good. I liked that they got those guys where they got them. So yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see. You know, maybe we'll see them entertain the idea of you know stockpiling some more guys the other thing to keep in mind is the you know undrafted uh college feed and, yeah and that's out there CHL but bpa guys. is bpa yeah you you the positional concerns that you have today are not going to be the position they're not going to be the positional concerns that you're going to have three years from now when these guys are going to make it to the nhl at best so it is very difficult to sit here and say well we have so many defensemen you don't know you have no idea what you're going to need in three years Panero in 2020. Hey, Joe and Mike. With the salary cap going up way less than anticipated, what impact do you see this having on the Jacob Truba extension? Great fucking question, Panero in 2020. Great question. I don't know all that much because, or I don't know if it's going to affect it all that much, I should say, because like Truba's value is Truba's value. So the Rangers are going to try, like the Rangers are going to try to get the best contract they can. Truba's going to try to do the same thing for himself. I don't think the salary cap only being $81.5 million is something where the, the Rangers are going to be like, well, we can only afford $6.5 million now. They knew what they were getting into. So uh, I'm expecting that deal to be done relatively soon too. Michael? Yeah, I think the Rangers would be jumping for joy if it comes in at under $7 million AAV. But you have to, the best thing to do when looking at the stuff is to look at the percentages, not just the numbers, right? And you can't just be like, well, Eric Carlson got this much, 11.5 million. Like, what does that mean for Truba? Just look at the percentages and look at what a guy's worth. And I still feel like the twins model is very reasonable, expecting Truba around the 7 million mark. Um, and, you know, that's that's the price you pay. That's what, like you said, Joe, the, the Rangers went into this knowing that they had cap space and to make this work. And I'm sure it, literally every team in the league, including the Rangers, wanted the cap to go higher than it did. But the Rangers are going to find a way to make this work. It just Ideally, they'll find a way to fit Truba in at a deal that works for the team. If they can squeak him in under seven, we should be jumping for joy. If he's just a, a, a hair over seven million a year, then, you know, it is what it is. That's the price you pay for a first pair right D. That's going to be here for you know, the better part of a decade. Final question, Michael. You ready? Yes. Uh, it's from Clem Fandango. Hey, Joe and Mike, two-part question for you. If Chris Kreider's moves, do you think it happens in the offseason after teams missed out on uh, free agents um, or at the trade deadline? We just answered that with another question. But this next one is the one that I think it's good to end on. Which of the five do you think start the season with the Rangers? Kreider and Amestikov, Strom, VC Fast. Strom, for sure. You think he starts the season with the Rangers? Yeah. See, I'm fast is my hundred percent or ninety nine point nine, I guess. Fast and Strom are my two most likely. VC, I don't think will. I think at this point, Nemestikov will because he would have been traded for yeah, by now. And, but who knows? And Vladdy, I think that's a tougher contract to move than people think. Four million a year, especially because the cap didn't go up. Like the Rangers probably have to retain there, right? So. Um, it's a tough one. I like. I think you're right. Fast is the most likely. I think after him, Strom. Because the Rangers 
the thing with the, the thing that's interesting is, like, we have Mika's advantage at, right, Joe? And then, uh, what's the center situation after Mika's advantage at? You have Vlad who can play center, you have Strom who can play center, and then you have babies. Just a lot of babies and Booneyevis, right? And you don't want Booneyevis as your second line center. And, you know, there's Brett Probably Hatton, of course, not. And, uh, but yeah, man, you got a lot of little kids there, so having someone like Strom in the mix makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, my fast and VC are my two. I don't know about Kreider. I think VC is going to be gone for sure by the start of the season. And then Nemestikov, like I said, I think he would have. I think he would have been traded by now. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been off the post. patreoncom slash banter. Uh, five stars. Leave a review that says nice things about us because Mike is sad when you don't. Uh, he just sent out stickers to all the new patrons. We have some people who get mugs in a couple of months, so just keep your eyes on that. And, um, I don't know, Mike, you're a whale. I don't like it. No, I think think it's the only appropriate way to go about things. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It is Kako Kako time. Kepo, Kako, or what was he? Crap cake? That's what the translation came out to? Crap cake or cake crap. Cake crap. We love you all. Good night.